ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here we are again. Welcome. It's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, the only podcast where Sam Roberts only talks about wrestling. Aren't you lucky to be here? What a treat. I've been having so much fun doing this wrestling podcast. Last week was Darren Young. He had a great story, his first ever podcast. And Darren Young reached out to me and said, it's got to be on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I was like, no problem, Darren Young. I'd love to have you. And I certainly did love having him. Now, so much going on today. Not only... Do we have a pay-per-view to talk about? Not only do we have a massive Raw to talk about with an NXT debut, but that guy who debuted on Raw from NXT, Kevin Owens, he's on the podcast today. He is my guest, myself and my partner in crime, Katie Linendahl, who will also be here for the State of Wrestling, uh, went down to be a part of uh, the NXT road trip this weekend uh, in Philly and in Albany. We got some interviews, one of them being... Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, of course, the current NXT champion. Uh, You can watch him tonight if you're downloading this on time uh, on NXT TakeOver on the network. NXT's on every Wednesday. But Kevin Owens, I mean, you know him very well at this point. He was on Raw this week. He's wrestled with Kevin Steen. He, by his own admission, has been wrestling longer than even John Cena has. My God. And now he's a part of Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast, why delay it any longer? Here he is with Katie Linendahl, Kevin Owens. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. We're now joined. The NXT champion of the world. World. Is here with us, Kevin Owens. Kevin, what's the haps? What's the haps? That's right. Oh, that's a new, I never heard that one before. Not much. How are you guys? We're great. We're here in Philly. It's, it's NXT day. Does it ever get any better than being in Philly? Do do you know, I mean, you know Philly audiences probably better than anyone on the NXT roster, with the exception of maybe Sami Zayn and Finn Balor. Um, How do you feel coming into Philly knowing that it's an NXT show? Are you secure in that they're going to love what you do, or are you ready for a negative response? You know, um, Philly crowds are always pretty interesting uh, when it comes to this because, uh, you know, they're rowdy all, all the time, and you really never know what to expect. Uh, the only thing you can always count on is them being rowdy, being loud. But as far as which way they're going to do, which way they're going to go, who they're going to like, you know, it's always kind of a, a crapshoot. A little bit like last night, uh, you know, I had a pretty good feeling that, you know, me, Tyler Breeze, Finn Balor, you know, our three-way match will be well received. Uh, but like the coolest part for me last night was seeing a guy like Ty Dillinger, who hasn't really been featured on NXT TV and hasn't been exposed a lot to the, you know, NXT crowd, uh, to see him come out as a relative unknown and turn them. And by the time he left, he had a, you know, superstar reaction. I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that Philly crowds are great for, you know. We look at the Rumble, though, and that was pretty unexpected. And you, you, you worry ever about being in a crowd like this, knowing they're more of an ECW-type crowd and well, what the expectation is going to be. See, uh, some people can see it as a worry, but to me, uh, any emotion is, especially when it's this raw and this, uh, you know, like 
the Rumble crowd was very erratic and obviously very emotional and you know, it was loud and it made for great TV, regardless of what anybody's gonna say. Yeah. It made for great entertainment, you know? So I feel like there's some crowds like that. Uh, you know, Philly, Chicago, Toronto, Montreal. Like, there's a lot of crowds in New York, obviously, that, you know, you can always count on that for. You don't really know which way they're going to go, but you know it's going to be uh, something you have to see, you know? So, uh, like, the Rumble crowd, for example, it's not so much worry. It's more you got to, you know, which way are they going to go? But you know it's going to be a great time. You know it's going to be a very involved crowd. And, you know, that's kind of the way I felt about NXT last night. And, uh, but to see them give the reception and the reaction that they gave us to our product, like NXT is what we've been building, like our crew, you know? It's a, like a little family. To see them receive us this way, uh, I mean, it meant a lot. And, you know, everybody in the back was so happy, and tonight's going to be even better. You're in Philly two nights, obviously, yeah. back-to-back. What did you take? Give me an example of something from yesterday that you're going to tweak knowing the crowd from last night. Uh, I mean... I might sound a little arrogant on my end, but I don't think I've got anything to tweak or change. Oh, good place to be. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, I'm still the champion after last night, so I'm just going to go same way and walk out the champion, and it's going to be fine. You know, tonight I've got the demon, you know, Finn Balor has been insinuating that he's going to come out with the paint and everything. Uh, I guess, you know, the whole, uh, the whole, uh, uh, the whole situation kind of changes when he's got that going on. I've never... Uh, been in the ring with him when he had that whole demon side uh, coming out, but you know I think I'll be all right. Uh, you know, yeah, I think aside from I him being right. a little more slippery because there's paint on him, you'll probably be. Yeah. I assume I'll well, be. Well, good point, Sam. I'll probably have like paint on me as well yes. after, <laughs> him, but it's okay. I'll, I'll deal with it. You wrestled, I mean, around the world for years, uh, independently, internationally, to the point where people knew who you were. Mm-hmm. Um, was being here in NXT in WWE. Was it inevitable, or was it something that, by the time you got here, were you of the mindset, if it happens, it happens, but I'm fine if it doesn't? Uh, I think I told myself that a lot, that, you know, if it happens, it happens, but if it doesn't, it's fine. Right. You know, I have uh, other things in my life that uh, make my life very complete. I have a wife. I have two great kids. I, I have a great family. So, you know, in, the, in a sense... Whoa. you keep it down a little? <laughs> no. In a sense, that <laughs> statement is true. You know, if it happens, it happens great. But it was always my dream. It was always my goal. And uh, at one point, I thought maybe it wouldn't happen. And I was okay with that because I had my wife and my kids. And I had, you know, things that fulfilled me. But then when the opportunity came up, uh, like, there was no thinking, like, oh, should I do this? It was, right, we got to go. We got to do it. You know, and even my wife was like, you got to do this. So uh, it definitely feels great to be here especially being a part of NXT and, like, what we're building and seeing how quickly it's growing every day. Uh, you know, that's an awesome feeling. And uh, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, I would have been fine if it never happened. You've brought your family into the storyline, obviously, quite a bit. And you for know, years. That's the thing. I, I didn't bring them into the storyline because they are who I am. Uh, like, I remember um, I was sitting with Dusty Rhodes when I first got to the Performance Center, and I, I was brand new, and they didn't know me. Nobody knew me. And uh, we basically sat down, me and Dusty, and it was recorded just so that they would get an idea of who I was. And it was just us talking. Like, there was, it wasn't a promo. It was nothing. It was just me talking to Dusty Rhodes mm. so that they could have a sense of who I was. And uh, Dusty just asked me a couple questions. And within a minute, I was talking about my kids. I was talking about my wife. I was talking about my family because they are who I am. Like, if I'm not in a ring, 
I'm thinking about them. I'm talking to them on the phone if I'm not home. I'm, you know what I mean? My most, you know, like most family, like people that have families, like my thoughts always revolve around my kids and my wife. And I think they saw that in me and uh, they probably decided to use it just because it's the biggest part of me in a way, you know? What was great about it is kind of the story of, of Kevin Owens in NXT is he's a guy who will stop at nothing to be the best because he wants to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. And while people listening to you that don't know you now are like, oh, what a sweetheart. You know, he loves his family. Huh. For the first time, I feel like the idea of being a family man is being used to present you as a villain, as a bad guy who is not worried about friends, is not worried about any of this stuff because he wants to uh, provide for his family. That's, that's the spin on it that I think works. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's all relative. I don't, um, like, yeah, I turned on Sami Zayn, who's been my friend for years, and I, I took a moment from him that he had been working for for a very long time. But at the same time, there's always another side to every story. I've been working for this a long time. I, I Like you said, the better I do here, the, the better I provide for my family. And that's 100% true, you know? Like, if I know there's an opportunity coming up that, will get me, you know, more money. The first thing I think of is, oh, maybe I can get Owen this or I can get my wife this. Like, that's just how I feel. That's just how I am. And, uh, you know, I I do, you know, Kevin Owens does what he's got to do to ensure that he can take care of his family. That's probably one of my favorite lines as of late is, you get the belt, you get more money. Yeah. <laughs> is there truth to that? It is true. I wow. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I won the belt, I had a little meeting with the powers that be. And a nice little race came along. So. And you won it right away, so that's a good, that's a good yeah, sign. Two, two months in, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not a patient person, so it all kind of worked out great. Did you have that in your head going through? You're like, okay, I'm leaving the indies where I'm making real money. I'm leaving you know, international travel where I'm making legitimate money. You're making a living wrestling already. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you go in when you negotiate this saying, okay, but I'm not one of these guys that's going to be spending a year in developmental, and then I'll make TV in a year and a half, and then I'll kind of... Like, was it was it assumed that you'd be on an accelerated pace? No, I didn't worry about any of that. Uh, and I wasn't promised anything. I was told, you're going to get the same opportunity everybody gets. Uh, you know, you're going to work your way up, and we'll see. And I didn't ask for more money than other people would get. I didn't ask, well, how long am I going to be in NXT for? I didn't ask any of those things because in my head, one, um, I could see... You know, NXT is starting to gain steam before I even came in, and since I've came, like since I came in, and Hideo Itami and Finn Balor and everybody, uh, you know, it's it's grown, it's grown exponentially. But even before that, it was already gaining steam. You know, so in my head, being in NXT sounds pretty good. And uh, as far as you know, money and all that stuff goes, I truly believe that I would be able to show people what I deserve and what I'm, you know, what I'm good for and what I can bring. And uh, I knew, you know, from talking to a lot of my friends that already work here, that when you perform, you get back. And I knew I would be able to make that happen for myself, and so far I have. What was it like watching the, you know, the Seth Rollins and the Daniel Bryans and the Sami Zayns and the, this whole class of guys that you had worked with get here before you? Was there a moment in your head where you're like, oh, my God, it, like, it's passed me by. It's not going to um, happen. You know, it was really odd because I would go from thinking that maybe it wouldn't happen to knowing that it would eventually happen. And I'd have literally days where in my head I'd be like, all right, you know, this might not happen. you got to accept it. So the next day I'd be like, no, this is happening, you know. And then I'd see, like, Neville and Sammy and, and Brian and Rollins and that. Uh, like, I remember one specific 
instance a couple years ago when I was watching NXT and Neville was on. Because back in the day, a couple years ago, before the network came along, NXT was uh, with Play on the Score back in Canada, you know, on TV. So I would watch it every week. And seeing Neville wrestle as proud as I was and happy as I was for him, it really upset me, I remember. And I, for about a couple months, I couldn't watch it anymore. Because I felt like, I guess I was getting passed by. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I feel like I should be there too. Like, how come they haven't contacted me? It was almost more of a thing where I would look in the mirror and think, what, what are you doing that's not working? Or why haven't they come to me? And it wasn't like, can't they see what I do? Right. It was more like, what am I doing that's not getting them to, you know what I mean? But eventually the right person saw me at the right time and it all worked out. And, um, you know... I remember that moment a lot, and I remember last year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30, I bought a ticket, and I came to the show by myself. Wow. And I, yeah, and I sat and I watched Daniel Bryan beat Triple H in the opening match. I watched Daniel Bryan win the world title. I watched Cesaro win the Battle Royal, and like I always remember, because from where I was sitting, he tossed out Big Show on my side, and the entire crowd behind him stood up and went crazy. And in my head, I was like, I have to have those moments, you know? I have to have this. So, yeah, it's uh, just a different level of... Yeah, from that this. day, like, I remember that night, I thought it's the last time I go to WrestleMania without WWE bringing me to WrestleMania. And a year later, I was at WrestleMania, and I was watching as the NXT champion, and I was there because the company brought me. So that was a great feeling. But what did I the remember, people sitting around you at WrestleMania 30 uh, think of the fact that you were there? So when I sat down, I kind of scanned the area, and I didn't think anybody recognized me. And then after about 20 minutes, the guy next to me looked at me and said, are you Kevin Steen? And I said, yes. So then for the next hour or two, you know, I spent some time with this guy who was pretty happy to have me next to him. And, sure. you know, <laughs> and it was nice. You know, he was a cool guy, and it was cool to watch the show. And eventually I ended up, uh, you know, moving somewhere else to have a, just a better view of, uh, you know, the main event. But uh, I don't know. It, it really put things in perspective, you know. That's, I guess, in my head. I was like, this is the last night. I come to WrestleMania as a fan. Yeah. And I think it helped me get here now. Yeah. That motivation. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you want to go to WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I'm... <laughs> you don't want to just sit at home and it'd be like, yeah, you know, the, out of spite. The thing about me is I'm a fan still. Yeah. You know? Like, nights like last night and seeing, like I mentioned, Dillinger win the crowd over, I was a fan when that happened. Uh, and I'm still a fan, you know? I, I was at WrestleMania 31 and when The Rock came out to confront Triple H and Stephanie and Ronda Rousey hopped the rail and in my head... All, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Seth Rollins won the world heavyweight title, I was going crazy. Just like every single person there. Because I am a fan. But now I'm a fan who gets to work for this company and who will eventually create moments like that. And that's just, uh, I don't know, it's a great thought, you know. When you come in as, as Kevin Steen and people obviously know who you are, like we were just talking about, they recognize you. They, was there any argument of saying... I'm just going to come in and be Kevin Steen. I'm going to look like Kevin Steen. I'm going to dress like Kevin Steen. I'm going to act like Kevin Steen. Why wouldn't you just let me call myself Kevin Steen? Um, no, you know, because in a way, everybody that's followed me through years, for years, and I knew this from the fan base that I've had and the years I spent on the independent scene, I knew they would follow me and I knew they'd support me. Um, when we were thinking of the new name, it was just, in a way... So your mark, son? Yeah, it was to mark the beginning of a new chapter. You know, we got to get a new name. Um, and, you know, I toyed around with a couple names, but ultimately I was a big Owen Hart fan as a kid, mm. which is why I named my son Owen. And uh, when it was time to pick a new name, I suggested Owens. 
uh, Triple H actually suggested Owens as well. So we were, you know, on the same. Uh, That's a really sign. Place to start. And then you know, try to find a first name, and uh, I don't know. Triple H ultimately said, "Well, why don't you just be Kevin Owens?" And that sounded great to me. So here we are. And honestly, at this point, uh, I can't imagine myself being Kevin Steen here. Like I am Kevin Owens. Right. You know what I mean? And to see like the smile on my son's face anytime, you know what I mean? Like he knows it's for him. And he understands that his name is a tribute to another wrestler named Owen Hart, who I was always a big fan of. Uh, and he's watched, like, Owen Hart matches and stuff like that. Like, it's right. all a very nice... It, it all has such a, a, a positive connection for me that I can't imagine myself being Kevin Steele. Not to mention... a made-up name. Yeah. Your son's been in the ring, too. Has, How old yeah. was he when... He was five months old. Five months he makes <laughs> his debut. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was just... Uh, is he coming know, back in at any point? Uh, I mean, I think he intends to. Yeah, in a couple of years, I think he's going to be there. He, uh, you know, he loves it, and uh, he's a big John Cena fan, which uh, I guess I'm going to have to address eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I think he's going to end up... And if not for him, honestly, my daughter, she's only one. But she uh, she kicks my butt already, so get her in there. I think, what, yeah. What did your son do at five months? So uh, it was a PWG in California. Um, uh, we had finished our match, and uh, I was teaming with this guy El Generico. Uh, <laughs> we were victorious, obviously, and um, my wife was sitting with the baby in the back of the room, and uh, uh, one of the announcers started mouthing off to me in the ring and basically called my son ugly, which is a big no-no. So I. Uh, Took him out, got him down, and then first thought was he called my son ugly, so he's got to get the pinfall. I rolled out of the ring. I went to get his my little five-month-old son, mm-hmm. rolled him in the ring, put him on top. The referee made the three count, huge pop. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, for a second I had to hand him off to Generico so that I could get out of the ring and take him safely. And, you know, I, I felt a little un- uneasy about handing off my child to El Generico, but he did all right for that one minute. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. Now it's all over the Internet. It's uh, it's on DVD, and it's going to live on forever as far as victory. What was the transition like getting here? Because, I mean, I've watched you do stuff in other places where, I mean, horrendously dangerous moves, like pile drivers off of ladders onto ladders and, 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 and you know, dropping people on their heads through tables. It's, it's just stuff that doesn't happen in WWE. But I think the thinking on the indie level is, you know, we got to give these guys a show. We got to give them something they haven't seen before to go out there now and know that, yeah, we have to give them a show, but we're not doing any of this stuff. Is that a, a weird transition for you to make in your head? Um, it's actually great because on the independent scene, it's all about uh, you're selling yourself to a crowd who might not know you or might know you, but ultimately you're working for yourself. When you get here, yes, you're trying to sell yourself and you're trying to get as far as you can as an individual, but for NXT in particular, we're all working towards the same goal, which is to make the NXT brand as big and as special as we can. Uh, So all those crazy moves and and dangerous uh, moves that you mentioned, um, you know, there's a time and a place for stuff like that, I think. But right now, NXT is not it because what we're doing works great and we're building a new audience, though. Right. Um, and I also think, you know, people have to put things in perspective. When I was working on the independent scene, I was wrestling twice or three times a week. And then, you know, the following week, I could have the entire week off. And then two matches here, week off, two matches there. Here we do this, you know, on the main roster especially, 
four nights, five nights a week, every week, the whole year, uh, that stuff just wouldn't fly because yeah. it's, you know, you want people to stay as healthy as, uh, for as long as they can. Not only for, you know, the product to keep being successful, but you got to think of those people's quality of life, like the guys, when they're 50, when they're 60, they want to be able to walk around and enjoy their life that they spent years building and, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. to benefit from it. But I think the crowds have, uh, have become conditioned to that, and they expect, like, they don't expect us to go out and fall off a ladder through a right. table. And uh, I love that part of it because... You don't have to fall off a ladder through a table. <laughs> not having to do that <laughs> yeah. is not bad, yeah. I mean, yeah, it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, what do you think of, uh, of where NXT is going? Is it, do you want to stay in NXT and, and kind of be the... the the face of it or is it something where okay you kind of came in you took the thing by storm now it's ready to move on to the next thing you know i'm all about uh opportunities when i came into nxt i had this opportunity i took it i took advantage of it and i made it work and uh, right now things are going great but if i see an opportunity to get myself on raw and smackdown every week and on pay-per-view and on the WWE network and all that stuff of course i'm going to take it because that champion makes even more money Exactly. Well put, so, Sam. Yeah, you talk uh, about, though, your patience. I mean, have you put a timeline on it for yourself? I didn't. I just, I don't know. I have a, I have a lot of faith in myself and, and what I do. And I think when it has, when it's meant to happen, it will happen. So I'm not thinking if it's in a year, if it's in two years, if it's in a week, if it's, you know, in months. I, 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 I just don't think that way. I don't know. It, I didn't think that way when I got here either, you know. Uh also, as far as patience, I'm not a patient person, but it legitimately took me 14 years to get here. So if it takes me another three to get to the main roster, I'm in NXT where right now we're thriving and everything's going amazing. And right. it's the hottest product currently in sports entertainment industry. So Is that an annoying question to be getting right now, too? No. Do, no, people, no, no, no. do a lot of people ask you that about uh, I mean, main roster, main roster? And it's like it kind of like Twitter enjoy the, the moment. I get it on Twitter all the time, but Twitter's so easy to... Either just ignore oh, we, we don't have enough time to talk about stuff yeah, that we all get on Twitter. To ignore <laughs> or block, you know. So I'm a big blocker. Let's go back so, in your timeline. Um, I think there was a really interesting gray area where you were kind of in between contracts. And did you ever have that moment where you thought maybe it just wasn't going to pan out? And do you ever go back to that place and kind of remember those? It was a very probably humbling time. Uh, actually, I. Uh, like, I knew I was coming here before my Ring of Honor deal was ever up. Okay. So, yeah, there That's was never... Convenient. Yeah, there was never... <laughs> That's that very time. convenient. Yeah, I oh. knew exactly where I was going, so I never had that, that like, awkward period. You know? Who took a liking to you here? Because you don't have stereotypical, quote-unquote, you know, WWE build. Mm -hmm. You don't look like the face of, of the company or whatever. You're very you. You have your own look. You kind of... Like, like Mick Foley did. He, had, yeah. he doesn't look like the guy, but he's good enough and fans appreciate him enough that he is. Who took a liking to you and said, no, 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 look past that and watch this match and figure out that he can be this? Well, the first person had to be William Regal. Uh, he came to a show in California at PWG uh, in August of 2013. And, uh, you know, I knew he was there. And I knew almost, I heard he was going to come about a week before the show. And I think at that moment, I knew it was going to happen. I knew literally like the chain of events in my head were it was going to happen. He was going to see me. He was going to help me get in here, and, you know, things would snowball. And that's exactly what happened. I remember telling my wife about a week before the PWG show, like, I think this is it. She was like, what are you basing that on? You know, what if he's just coming to have a good time and watch the show? I'm like, sure, but if, when he sees me, he's not going to be able to not deny it. And 
I think I was right. You know, I, I don't know if he was as gung ho about me as I, I hoped he would be, but he saw enough in me to, you know, help me get a tryout. Right. And then at the tryout, I did what I did. It worked out. As far as who took a liking to me, um, I, I mean, I don't know that. You know, I don't know for a fact who likes me, who doesn't like me. But I think whoever does like me is obviously uh, important enough to, you know, to, to, to keep the ball rolling. Um, you know, I know I've been working with Triple H uh, to become, you know, like I want to become what this company needs. I want to become what uh, the industry needs so that I can keep getting higher and higher and, and you know. But at the same I, time, it's so do you, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I remember the first week I, I got to the Performance Center, uh, there was this photo shoot at the Performance Center, you know, to like where they kind of just film you in the ring in your gear and, you know, uh, it's to use for, like, whatever, promotional uh, promotional material or, you know, the Titantron and stuff like that. And I didn't know who I was going to be. I didn't know what I was going to be. I didn't know anything. And I didn't have any direction. Nobody told me, well, here's what we were going to do with you. There was none of that yet. It wasn't even a plan. It was just like, okay, you got to be here at 5 in your gear for these uh, pictures. And uh, I remember thinking, well, what's my gear? Right. <laughs> at that point, I was wrestling on the independent Better figure scene. it out. I was wrestling on the independent scene in a cutoff T-shirt and shorts. And I was thinking, well, this is WWE. It's obviously not going to fly. So I had a singlet made. or two singlets made. I think I spent over $1,000 in singlets. <laughs> and then I put on this singlet, and I looked, and I was like, this, this isn't me. Yeah. I wouldn't pay to see this guy. And then I put on shorts, and I put on a cutoff uh t-shirt that I had I turned it inside out it was a Guns N' Roses uh, <laughs> cut off t-shirt and uh, I'm like well I can't go out there with a blank shirt either and uh, Finn Balor happened to be painting himself at the time and I grabbed the paintbrush from him and I I painted some words uh, on the shirt and with the paint and the look I came downstairs and Chris Chambers who was producing the stuff and kind of overseeing the production was like that looks really interesting like, this is really cool <laughs> And then in my head, I was like, oh, my God, I think I, mean, I think this is it. I'm just me. That is low-budget success right there. Like, why was I even worried about this? And then the night of my debut, they came out with this. They're like, this is going to be your shirt. Uh, we're going to sell tonight. And I'm like, oh, can I just wear it out to the ring? They're like, yeah, sure. So I <laughs> can I have a, one of these? Or? I got a pair of scissors. I uh, cut the sleeves off, and here I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's how they signed you. So it's like, yeah, yeah this you is. Know, yeah, I mean. I, I thought it was going to be an adjustment, and in a lot of ways it was, but at the same time, there's a lot of vindication that goes into the fact that a lot of people have told me you won't make it there the way you are. Right. I did. Was there a moment when you were like, I got to be clean cut, like this is not the look for them, I got to trim down, I got to be clean cut, I got to be, you know, muscular and, and eight-pack abs? And You know, I, didn't, I never thought that because first, through genetics and you know, just life. It's and not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I, I work hard to be in as good a physical shape as I can, to go in the ring as good as I can, and I don't think anybody out there could ever say that I don't go in the ring. As far as how I look, you know, I feel like this is part of the appeal, and at this point, I've been accepted the way I am. And, uh, you know, I take great pride in being accepted the way I am. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned Mick Foley earlier. I feel a lot of... Um, there's a lot of parallels between me and McFoley, and you know I say that as as humble as I can be. Like you know, I'm not comparing myself to him in any way, but I've read stuff that he's written, kind of comparing us, and that's such a compliment, you know. And and like even beyond the ring, like I don't know, he's got a weight 
he's got a wife that's way too beautiful for him, and I'm sure he'd attest to it. I the exact same thing. <laughs> he's got great kids. I've got great kids. Uh, you know, when uh, when we're not in the ring somewhere, we're taking the kids to you know amusement parks left and right. So like even beyond the ring, there's a, I, I just see a lot of uh, you know things that I have in common with him, and uh, he made an entire career and a, a great living off of being who he is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in a way, he's a great example for me. Is that what you do hobby-wise? Like, when you're outside the ring and you want to get wrestling out of your head, is it just, I'm going to take the kids somewhere, there's no... McDonald's sort of Playland, man. Uh, play yeah, place. I mean... Uh, play Place, you're a big fan. Whenever I, I have a day off, I just see what my wife wants to do, and we go <laughs> that way. But Sam's always available to babysit, by the oh, way. I am, I'm, I'm here. He's a great, I'm a great, great babysitter. Mentor. Okay. Uh, I can teach Really mentor. good guy. Yeah. yeah, get you on a quick flight over for a Saturday night date then. But, That's uh, right. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever my wife wants to do, it's the least I can do. You know, she she moved away from her family to come here with me. She takes care of the kids on her own when I'm not around. There's no support system here for her, you know. Uh, but she's great, and uh, my kids are great. So when I have a day off, I just try to make it all about them. Right, those live-in housekeepers, that's main roster money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm getting there, I think. Yeah. I think so, too. Well, you heard it from Kevin Owens. He's humble. He's perfect. No need to improve on anything. All right. And he's the next McFoley. Here's the thing. Yeah. I'm not perfect. However, I think I do great of making people accept my faults yeah. and turning them into positives. And, of course, I never said I was the next McFoley. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. One final question for you. How often do you cry in the shower? I don't cry in the shower. I cry in the car a lot. Do you? Yeah, but, you know, it's from, like, I get... It's since I've had my kids, I get real emotional at the weirdest things. Like, uh, I'll hear a news report about, I don't know, like a soldier coming home and surprising his kids at school. That's it. I'm, oh, my God. And it's a radio thing. Who knew? Forget the Lifetime movies. That, that's yeah, it, all in. Yeah, radio ad. Oh, I, I mean, I saw, this, uh, <laughs> I saw this video on YouTube of this news reporter interviewing a woman who had just went through tornadoes, and I think it was Ohio maybe, like a year or two ago. And she said, I lost my dog, and, you know, I, I prayed to God that my dog would live through this, and he didn't, but that's okay. And as she says that, yeah. the dog pops out from behind I've seen the video. Just destroyed me for about <laughs> a half hour. But, you know, uh, he did like the dog. Just, it's amazing what he gets wrecked by. The dog hears your yeah, voice yeah, out of, like, under this pile of rubble. Let right. Me, like, Please, ooh, ooh. let me clarify this. Yeah. Don't take me lightly because I cry as soldiers coming home and dogs No, no, no. We're all for you on this. Because it all makes me more angry in the ring let's be honest you look i don't know skeptical. skeptical no i that was great yeah. great word skeptical i i really didn't think i was going to get a legit answer and i'm <laughs> very very pleased with it okay, I, so thank you about me that i think is uh you know uh, uh an advantage is i'm very genuine as much as i, I like can. it so yeah. yeah yeah i cry but if i also ever, beat people up really hard so yeah if i ever end up in like an altercation with you or we have a disagreement i'm just going to carry around photos of like kids with balloons yeah, like, look yeah. how happy this kid is like uh, i don't know here's the thing about <laughs> i love my kids don't care as much about other people's kids oh so i don't know maybe if you if you get a picture of my own kids with balloons but then i'll be like why do you have a picture of my kids it's oh, no. really weird and it might just make things worse yeah, probably so, i don't know your call on a scale of one to i want to set my computer on fire how much does it annoy you when people post pictures of their kids on facebook i don't mind it because i i do it i put my kids on twitter did my you, okay did you did you post the sonogram on facebook yeah, probably. Maybe not. My, I didn't have a Facebook for several years. I still don't. Uh, my wife has, though, and she probably did put a sonogram on, on there. But I'm okay with other people doing it. I just don't. 
care. Yeah, like my my wife will do this. She'll go on Instagram and she'll be like, oh oh my god, look at this baby, and I'll be like, I don't I don't yeah. It's a baby. <laughs> yeah. Is it my baby? She's like, no. I'm like, is it a missing dog that mind. we don't care? Dogs, cats, it's a whole other story. Yeah. Yeah. And it is ballsy, by the way, to put your family out there like that because that is the number one way to get pissed off on Twitter <laughs> is to put people that are close to you in your personal life out there and have people comment on the photos. Let me say this. Uh, people have been great so far. I'm very uh, I'm surprised because, yeah, there's a lot of those people who j- just looking for a reason to piss you off and make one comment or you know but uh no people are very respectful and i'm very impressed and i, I i'm sure it might change as as i get more recognition and you know but at the same time uh you know whoever that goes out and do, does that obviously has an empty life yes. so when i see somebody do that if anything i feel bad for them and then i block them and they're out of my life you know what i mean and don't see him on the street because he will break your face that's correct unless you have a video of a soldier coming home <laughs> that's correct i might have to cry first well, Kevin Owens, thanks for hanging out. Of course, NXT is on the WWE Network every Wednesday. The big uh, takeover special is yeah. this Wednesday, and uh, you guys are on the road now, so it's a, it's a big, big time for you. Yeah, it's a great time. I get to take Sami Zayn out on Wednesday at the yeah. live special and hopefully make a lot of people cry because of that <laughs> to even things out. And, uh, you know, one more night tonight in Philly, we're going to rock the house. If you make people cry, it's okay to cry. Uh I mean, I, it, you know, it's just a balancing act. I cry a lot, yes, but how many people do I make cry? Right. You know? That's the difference. That's well played. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for hanging out, man. Thank you, guys. Here is Sam Roberts. How amazing was that? Kevin Owens on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Of course, now there's a lot to talk about in the state of wrestling involving Kevin Owens. Before we get there, remember, if you didn't win a prize, and Katie and I are about to announce who won our prize from, what was that, last week or two weeks ago? Maybe two weeks ago? I don't remember. The last time we had a contest, it was the replacement ref contest for a Suplex City t-shirt. We're going to announce who won that contest, but if you didn't win that contest, you can still get a t-shirt. You know how? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts and buy one. That's right. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can go. You can get yourself a Not Sam Mode t-shirt. That's the one that all the kids are talking about. You can get yourself a What's the Half t-shirt. You can get yourself a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts and get yourself one. Now, let's start the State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Well, you got a belch? How you doing? 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 Katie Linendahl is here, as she was with me for the big Kevin Owens interview. How exciting was that? That was amazing. Yes. Now, who knew, when we were talking to Kevin Owens a couple days ago, that he would have such a big part in this week's State of Wrestling? True. Yeah. True story. Big surprise last night. Huge surprise. surprise. Monday. Yeah, it'll be a big question as to where they're going, because to me, the John Cena... uh, uh, I was about to say Memorial Cup. The John Cena... <laughs> Memorial Cup. Yeah. I'm sure some fans would wish for that. Not me, though. The John Cena uh, U.S. Open title challenge, whatever it's called. Wimbledon. Wimbledon. John Cena's U.S. title Wimbledon has been one of, if not the best things on Raw since John Cena won that title. Well, what I thought was great was over the weekend in both Philly and Albany, yeah. we got a little tease yes. for Owens in ring. Yes. He was kind of flashing a little Cena. Well, he was doing the, he did the five knuckle shuffle in Philly. He tried it in Albany. He was successful. Cause for pause there. We didn't know what was going on. (laughs) That's right. And 
Kevin Steen, for those that don't know, he, Kevin Owens used to be Kevin Steen. He actually does have, if they want to get into it, some kind of history with John Cena because, you know, Kevin Owens is a guy who is so cool to watch that you want to cheer for him. So he has to work extra hard to get his heel heat. He has to work extra hard to get his booze. He has to get into rest holds. He has to, you know, wrap the chin locks on so people will boo him. He has to do the five-knuckle shuffle so people will boo him. When he was Kevin Steen, he used to just copy John Cena's T-shirts. So when John Cena had the black T-shirt that in red, white, and blue said, uh, rise above hate, Kevin Steen had shirts that were that exact thing in the same font that said, kill Steen, kill. I, I think you're giving him too much credit by saying he has to work harder. I don't think he's actually working much harder than some of the guys on the NXT roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, physically. Yeah. However, you're but, totally right about the fact that, like, here's where he there's there's a totally a Kevin Owens aftertaste, if I may say. Yes. So I went to do it this weekend. You know, I, I, I liked him, right? But yes. then watching, like, he's like a performance art. That's what I mean. The best was mm-hmm. when he was in a triple threat match. Yes. And he just left the That was the in ring. Albany. That was in Albany. It was, it, was, it was Kevin Owens. Of course, Katie and I, we drove down to Philly. Then we drove to Albany together. That's and true. then we drove back here. We just wanted everything NXT. It took us seven hours to get to Albany somehow. It's a four-hour trip. We hit every truck stop, yeah. Chick-fil-A, and Rita's Italian Ice this side of the Northeast. That's right. And we used Apple Maps, which was And a we mistake. almost ran out of gas twice. <laughs> in one day. In one day. Yeah, that light was... Like, I, I was running out of gas so often, I thought the light that comes up, I thought the bulb was going to go out. Right. Because it just stayed on. But, yes, Albany, it was Kevin Owens, Tyler Breeze, and Finn Balor in the main event for the title. So he just pieces out of the ring. Right. He says, quote, you two do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then the audience was so behind him. On one end, they were like, "Fantastic, boo this man. He's not in the spirit of competition. You do stuff. But on the other end, they started chanting that. You do stuff. You do stuff. So good. I have to, what surprised me about the whole weekend, the NXT weekend, was we did not see night one in Philly. And by all accounts, night one in Philly had a super, super hot crowd. But that said, the Albany crowd was hotter than the Philly crowd. It was. The Friday, the Saturday night in Albany was a louder crowd than the Friday night in Philly. And the building was much hotter. Like, literally. People were uncomfortable. It was so hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even have a sense of smell, and I could smell the air. We needed some Tyler Febreze. That's right. I saw that tweet. Strong. It was a strong tweet on my end. Strong. So what was your... uh what are your memories of uh, the big NXT expedition that we had? Well, g- finishing with uh, Kevin Owens, got to yeah. close the loop on that one because I got the aftertaste of Kevin Owens. That's, right. He, like, totally grew on me. Meaning that you noticed that he was a kind of a performer. And when I say work harder, I don't mean physically exertion. I mean mentally he's got to figure out, okay, what do I have to do? Like, he can't do traditional heel stuff because he's so good at it that people cheer it. So he's like, okay, I still need people to boo me. What can I do to figure this out? And when I say work harder, I mean he's got to think of things like I got to enter this triple threat match and just leave the ring. I got to, you know, when the crowd's as revved up as they can be, put on a reverse chin lock and just do something that zaps the energy out of the room. That's the harder work that he has to do to maintain any sense of being a heel. And and maintain financial you know, stability with his family. That's important let's, to him. Let's remember that this is about 
family. Well, we interviewed him. He said not only was it about his family, but he's a very emotional guy, we found out. That was probably my favorite question to get out of him. I, I was just joking around. Right. Well, I didn't think we were. he was really going to cry in the shower and or the car. Yeah, you asked I him. I really respect the honesty. Yeah, he was an honest guy. But here's what I also appreciate is Kevin Owens on Twitter. Okay. This was the aftertaste. You have the aftertaste. You're like, I need a little more. I'm yeah. going to start stalking start Twitter. Start going down account. the rabbit hole. Yeah. And like, what's this dude all about on, on social, right? Yeah. And then here's like a tweet from him, for example. Last three nights were incredible. Something special. Absolutely no denying it. The future is now. Beautiful. P.S. I'm the best. Okay. That's, <laughs> and that's Love that it. little thing. Like, he's Love like, it. Don't forget. Like, see, that's what I'm looking more. for in NXT. More. That's what I want. Teamwork, 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 and we're I'm all going to awesome. succeed together, but mainly because of me. Right. Yes. Now we get ready to top last night's show. Bring the demon. I'll just be me. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so he's, Fantastic. He's sitting there going, all right, Finn, big deal. You're going to be all painted up, and like this is going to be something he's special. He's like, hey, you might have just spent four hours getting painted up. Right. I just took a T-shirt and duct taped it with a K and an O. Right. I'm going to wear the same T-shirt Fuck I wore it. last night. Right. And I, I don't guess, even think I washed it. No. I'm not even shaving. Yeah, because I had to Skype instead with my family. Right. So I didn't have time to shave. Right. I haven't gotten a chance to go to Models and get a new pair of basketball right. shorts. Enjoy your... Enjoy. I didn't hit up the Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Reed, for <laughs> some razors. Right. Enjoy your paint, Finn. Right. Have a blast. He's like, I'm not even working out today. He's like, you're going to do an awesome entrance. I'm going to walk. I'm going to put on a chin lock. And I'm going to give people something you're to You're lucky remember. I walked out. Yeah. At all. At all. Yeah, I love it. I love everything Kevin Owens is doing right now. I do too. I'm with you. And I really like that in the John Cena Open Challenge Memorial Wimbledon, mm-hmm. he just totally – he doesn't even take the challenge. He no. doesn't need that. Well, here's what I was thinking. I'm glad you brought that up because when that happened, I was with you. I thought to myself, at first – I mean, first of all, I think WWE is in a high danger of blowing their load on this thing because to go from Adrian Neville to Sami Zayn to Kevin Owens – it's like you can't go back to having Stardust come out. No offense <laughs> to Stardust. I don't need another Twitter war with El that guy. El Torito comes out where it's just not good look. Yeah. Like I don't, no offense. I don't know what the next thing is. I don't know how they come back from this. Um, I mean, I'm glad it happened because it was an amazing moment. Here was my thought, though. When it first happened, I thought to myself, that's great that the match isn't happening, that it was just a taste because this Kevin Owens-John Cena match, that's a giant match. Like That's something yeah, you that's can really – and then they go – it's not happening tonight. I go, great. And then they go, it's happening in two weeks at Elimination Chamber. I was like, really? Already? Like that quick? We're going to just go for it? It seems to me that Elimination Chamber, which is like a pay-per-view that wasn't even happening a week ago, is I, – I, I think they're putting everything behind it because it's exclusively on the WWE Network, not on pay-per-view. But you've got two chamber matches already guaranteed. I kind of thought that that was going to sell the thing enough. But to also have Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose in a title match, and then to also have John Cena and Kevin Owens, it's like we're kind of – not only are we blowing our load on the Cena uh, Memorial Wimbledon, but we're kind of overloading the Elimination Chamber card and putting matches on there that we could put on other shows to sell. Rumor has it Tatanka IRS is also going to be in there. Did you? I haven't read that. I, just a few tweets. It's yeah, all rumored. I haven't read that. It's all rumored. What did you think when you found out about the the, the Cena and and Kevin Owens was actually going to happen at Elimination? I thought Chamber? the pay per views have actually been pretty solid. Yeah. Late. Well, what did you think of Payback? I liked it. 
I thought it was solid. I thought it was interesting what they did. I, I thought payback. Do you want to quit? <laughs> Do you want to quit? What do you say, Rusev? Do you want to quit? You want to quit, Rusev? Do you want to quit? Yes. Headlock. Do you want to quit? <laughs> Clothesline. Do you want to quit? If you'll stop saying it, I'll quit. Poke. Do you want to quit? <laughs> Dude hasn't said five words in the last two decades. Yeah. He got more talk time. I hope he earned a pay-per-view bonus. Mike Kyoto's like, they're giving me this Mike microphone. Mike MVP. I'm going to use it. Put his pick on the horse trailer, man. Yeah. I don't know if it's a it's a stop to the midsection or an <laughs> or an attitude adjustment on live pyro. Either way, I'm going to ask you if you want to quit. <laughs> and then, for the, but the finish, for it to be... Do you want to quit? Yeah. Now, the ring announcer, and this is what I said. I was watching it, and I said, Rusev's going to quit in Russian. Or Bulgarian or whatever language this guy speaks. And the reason was because Eden, the ring announcer at the top of the thing, says the only way to lose this match is to literally, she said the word literally say, I quit. She said you have to make your opponent literally say, I quit. So at that point I go, okay, Rusev's going to say it in another language, which is not literally I quit. So when Cena gets knocked unconscious... That's kind of the same thing as saying I quit in Bulgarian. Both of them don't fit the criteria, but they kind of do. Austin lost an I quit match against Bret Hart for passing out and bleeding all over the ring at WrestleMania 13. I feel like Rusev got robbed a little bit and and you know it doesn't it doesn't fit. It doesn't it doesn't fit the the story. Do you want to quit? Yeah, yes. Yes, I do, Mike Kyoto. You screwed the whole thing up. I was having a fantastic time, though, coming up with conjuring up ideas of what they could say instead of. Of do you want to quit? Maybe. Um, Haven't decided yet. Not sure. I'm in the middle. What do you Uh, think? eh. Just an an obnoxious girlfriend. Do you want to quit? (laughs) Well, do you want to quit? Do you want to quit, John? What do you want to do? Whatever you like. Bark like a dog. (laughs) Like a big dog. (laughs) So that was my one problem with that. But I thought Payback was a really good pay-per-view because all the matches were good. They were solid. I thought everything was predictable. Like I knew like every match went exactly the way you thought it was going to go. No titles changing, blah, blah, blah. But every match was good. And it really did drive home. Some people disagree with me when I say this. But I think Bray Wyatt is the best sports entertainer on the roster right now. Solid. Nobody's better than him in the ring, on the mic, with the facial expressions, with the body language, with the storytelling. Bray Wyatt's the best. The best. Uh, You sold me on that at Mania. Yes. I mean, no matter who he's facing, he just pulls it off. Right. And he gives you a new story when he does it. Mm -hmm. And it's like he can survive losing to The Undertaker and survive losing to John Cena and survive all this stuff and still be an attraction. Not many people can pull that off. To lose, 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 and still be like, oh, I got to see this guy. You know, I mean, I, I don't advocate for him losing more. I'm glad he beat Ryback. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a good pay-per-view. I just, I, I wonder about doing the Elimination Chamber two weeks later and throwing everything you've got on Well, it. we're going to the too much birthday. Yes. You know, like, Sam taught me a new line this weekend. I, I, uh... I was, I was real excited in Philly and Albany, NXT matches. And, and she was running the risk of being so excited that crankiness would sit in. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Katie's had too much birthday. Let's give her a break. Yeah. 
and we're, which that stems from Berenstain Bears. Yeah, if you guys have read the, the one about having too much birthday, well, she just uh, passes out. Sister Bear had too much birthday. She started crying. It was ridiculous. All I, she had all, all this cake and presents, and she's crying. Too much birthday. I don't want to have too much birthday. Like, I love a pay-per-view every week. Yeah. But I don't want to have, you know, I don't want to overdo it. I felt like, I don't know why they're booking. It seems like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be too much for the talent and the broadcasters and the production. I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess... I figured they would do the Elimination Chamber kind of like they did King of the Ring, where it's not really a pay-per-view, but it's an event, and it's on the WWE Network exclusively, where they'll have a couple matches, and they'll have two Elimination Chamber matches. It doesn't have to be three hours. Well, a little King of the Ring style. That was yeah. kind of like played off like that. Right, right. It doesn't have to be three hours. It can just be a sh- It could be like an hour and a half. It's your network. Do whatever you want. Two hours even. But I, I, the selling point to watching this on the network is... You have two Elimination Chamber matches, one of them to crown the vacated Intercontinental title. So why do you then go for the big Ambrose-Rollins title match and the massive, potentially, Kevin Owens-John Cena match? Huge. You know, I don't know why. I don't know why you would do it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm glad I get to see it. I'm okay with too much birthday, but at the same time, (laughs) it is too much birthday. It is, I think. Um... So, yeah, I mean, what did you think of, uh, of the whole weekend? We didn't really get into it. The whole that. weekend was amazing, but yeah. I think we f- I feel like we need to do our, our giveaway real quick. Oh, right. Okay. Because we have new rules for giveaways. We do? What is it? We discussed this in our pre-production meeting, and by pre-production <laughs> meeting, I mean the actual show that's happening right now. Right. This is it. Uh, we're going to do this like the Wheel of Fortune Wheel Watchers Club. You have to wait and see if your, like, spin ID number comes up. In other words, right. if you win one of our giveaways— right. You have to hear your name on the next or two, two or three weeks oh, later, on the whenever air. we decide we forgot right. to give away prizes. Okay. Well, I'll tell and you. Then the- you have to DM Sam your address. Okay. Well, they got to follow so they can DM me. Yeah, that's right. If you don't DM me, it means you're not listening and you're not getting your prize. Yeah, this is Wheel that's Watchers so smart, Club. Katie. That's so yeah. smart. Okay. So we have winners from the Suplex City t shirt contest. That's right. I hope you're listening at Royal Hooligan. That's good. Whose uh, replacement ref suggestion? Yeah. The lethal weapon, Steve Blackman. That was good. Strong. So you're the winner. We I have want two you... winners, so I picked a oh. winner too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. We Who's discussed the... this uh, additionally in our pre-production meeting. <laughs> yes, that's right, which is right now. Who's your winner? My winner is Megan Smith, also known as Nutmeg with two U's on Adorable. Twitter. Adorable. She's a drummer in Boston, which kind of gave her extra bonus points. What'd she say? I forget. You don't remember what her suggestion was? <laughs> it was, was? good. And we're supposed to take your word for that. It was good. I favorited it. But you remember she's a you drummer. Know, I totally forgot. What it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if we didn't do this three weeks later. No, you're right. I would remember. Well, you're a busy. I person. just remember that it was good. Right. I'm sure it was. I'm I have sure like a memory like a fish. I know. Lay off. Five seconds and it's gone. Lay off. I was like, hey, Katie, you want to do the podcast? She was like, who are you? <laughs> Sam Roberts. We've hung out before, Katie. We've done this before. Oh, so give me some of your... Uh, NXT. Yeah, observations NXT. on NXT. NXT. I'm so proud of this, too. NXT. Because anybody who's a loyal listener to the podcast probably remembers the show. It was probably right around January-ish. Mm-hmm. Probably, maybe it might have been the post-Royal Rumble podcast when I was selling you on NXT. You were like, I haven't watched it in a while. You watched it a while back. I took a sabbatical. And I was like, Katie, it's the best thing on... It's the best wrestling on TV. You got to turn it on. Mm-hmm. You finally do. Mm-hmm. And now you're NXT fan number one. I couldn't be happier. Uh, I think one thing, too. 
I feel like we were in this as like together. Absolutely. Big fan of the weekend. And I have to say, as a wrestling fan, I don't think there's any better. Uh, the, the competition and it, it's this shows are electric. I yeah. Mean, hands down. If, if you have not turned on NXT or been to an event, which, you know, is more or less less likely. Yeah. They haven't really been on the road. It is worth checking out. For and sure. uh, Triple H just did a, a, a conference call about NXT and said that his goal is to not. Oh, sorry, no, don't worry about it. His goal is to somebody just walked in is to not only get NXT on the road full time, but to do it with two different groups. So he wants to keep running NXT shows in Florida with kind of the B team who's not even on TV yet. Ooh. And then have the NXT crew that is on TV working live events three days a week, like the main mm. roster, which is major. Well, and I think here's the deal. I, I think that everyone has – the characters there are just phenomenal. Phenomenal. And having the chance to sit down and talk with each of them, I mean, let's do a lightning round of let's our thoughts of each of them because I think, you know, behind the scenes, people always ask us, oh, what are they like? Yes, you're right. Let's start with Enzo and Cass. Something magnetic about those two. Absolutely. Enzo and Cass might be the best mic workers in NXT, and that's because especially Enzo – the stuff that he does is so easy to come off looking corny, and it doesn't. Like, the stuff that he says is so – it could so easily not work, but it does. The dancing, the footwork, the promos, the rhyming, all this stuff could come across as super cheese, and it super never cheese does. Jersey, New yeah. York, too, and it's just not. It's not. It doesn't feel local. It feels like people relate to it, and it's because he, he, he pulls it off so well. But, yeah, meeting them in person, Enzo and Cass, I mean, they... Nice dudes. Not only are they nice dudes, but they have a passion for this thing. Like, mm-hmm. they are going to succeed. I like hearing, and we'll hear more from them, but I like them talking about sticking together, too. Because that yeah. was always a big question for me. It's like, you see Big Cass, and you're like, right. well, clearly he could stand out on his own. Right. But I feel like they have a Shawn Michaels Diesel thing going on. Oh. Where it just works. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like they have a two dudes with attitudes thing happening mm. right in front of our eyes and you know what that means as much as everybody's looking at big Cass, the same way everybody was looking at diesel as the world champion what if we've got a little Shawn michaels and enzo amore what if wow yeah what if we have a little Shawn michaels marty Jannetty, and then somebody goes through the barbershop window well who goes through the window i don't think i don't think enzo's going through that window no. that's big Cass. Carmella. yeah I, she's great too a double super kick Carmella's so She's good. fantastic in ring. And she gets booze, which is... No, that's not true. She got booed in Philly. Yeah. And she got hyped in Albany big time. True. True. Big time. True. She's good. She's, She's good. She's great. I'm a fan. Tyler Breeze. Moving on. Tyler Breeze. <laughs> that, he might have been one of our favorites. He is. He's, he's, Can we tell him how it went down yeah. with Tyler Breeze? Yeah. You tell the story. Well, uh, we were shooting something that you'll see eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. Um... And he was... Well, first off, he, he sits down. Right. He sat down <laughs> and... Uh, we're like... Uh, we're like, we were going to stand and shoot this. But he sat down um, and we were kind of like, let's do this in character with Tyler Breeze. No, no, no. It w- but it didn't start that way. We were just talking to him like, you know... Like a dude. What's up, man? Yeah. And then he just went right into character. Right. He laid down instead of sitting. And we started talking to him and he was full on like that, in so character... 
And when, when guys do character, like if you go back on YouTube and you look at my first, very first, not the one from WrestleMania, but the first time I interviewed Damien Sandow, when he was Damien Sandow, when he had the Money in the Bank briefcase, he stayed in character. And, and you could see it on the, interview, the interviews that we've done with like Stardust, for example. When people stay in character, I like to throw things at them to see. I'm like, okay, if you're going to do this in character – I'm going to challenge your character. You're going to have to really work to stay in character. We'll improv. And Tyler Breeze did it. Not only did Tyler Breeze call us out on our journalism skills. Yeah. He also called us ugly. Well, Which of which were fantastic. He didn't, he didn't say the word ugly. He said though. uggos. He said that we were a couple of uggos. Which was great. Yeah. And I think it made us closer in our unity to yeah. say, you know what? I mean, how many times did I bring that up that now? I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little hurt. Right. Right. Is it? Is it? What is it? Like, will you tell me as a friend what I need to change here? Yeah. And I, would, and I said the same thing. And you were like, Sam, there's a list. Yeah. And I went, uh-oh. Right. Um, but Tyler was awesome. Who else you got? Tyler was awesome. Well, I'll probably let you just solely have Sasha Banks. Like in my soul or in this conversation? No, just, you can just take this lightning round of how you felt about Sasha Banks because I was so third wheel. Well... I it didn't mean to do awesome. that to you. No, it was okay. But, like, there, literally, I was so third wheel that there was this photo that was taken of us. And you could, like, clearly I'm going to get cropped. <laughs> like, right, right down the side. Sasha was leaning in towards yours, truly. She was. Um, you could see that there was photo. There's a mutual admiration club happening. There is. Thank you. Which you've taught me. Yes. Uh, you can see that photo at, at Not Sam on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, listen. I've done some heavy-duty Twitter flirting with Sasha Banks. There's yeah. no doubt about it. It's been very public. And I've been unashamed about it. Uh, you refer to each other as your boo. Did you notice that I, I tweeted back to her and say that she's my boo? Uh-huh. Well, we're boos now. Uh, yeah, uh, finally got to meet Sasha Banks. She's finally going to be on an upcoming Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, she's another one that has a really strong grasp on her character. Uh, but somebody that uh, I'm kind of in love with. So I feel yeah, like my— I, Just watching you right now, you're—are it's you're, are you Okay. I don't know. Maybe we should move to the next person. I don't know. Are, are you okay? I have feelings that I'm going through right now. You know? I see it. Yeah. I, see, I want you to work through it, though. So if this is a forum for you to talk through it, I, I'm, I'm a great listener. Well, I have this love letter that I wrote, and I <gasps> think she's going to be into Go it. ahead. Sasha, will you go on a date? Yes, no, maybe. Oh. Was that also engraved on your Trapper Keeper? <laughs> yes. There's three <laughs> boxes, and I'm waiting for her to check one. Cute. I got a maybe, I think. I think I'm a solid that's, maybe You know right what? As now. long as she keeps stringing you along, that's fine. That's all I need in my that's life. That's all you need. Because she, she doesn't even follow Keep me. Keep them happy, Twitter. Sasha. She doesn't follow me. She just tweets me back. Yeah, you know She's what? She's keeping hey. me at an arm's length. She's like, okay, I'm going to string him along, but he's kind of weird. Here's the deal. If anyone, uh, any of the NXT peeps are listening, yeah. I feel like we really, you deserve the follow. Me? Yes, dude. Both of us. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get selfish here. <laughs> you deserve the follow for everything you have done. All right, all right. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, Finn Balor. <laughs> Finn Balor. Um, another one who's going to be on the podcast coming up soon. Uh, I, 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 uh, I enjoy talking to him and getting to know him a little bit because uh, we got to see the shy side, I feel like. Of we Finn did. Balor. And we kind of gave him the – I feel like there's two sides to him. He's quiet. And then, you know, taking a key from the Civil War Club, we, we kind of did the pincer attack on him. Yeah. I feel like he was at times a little uncomfortable. That's what I like. And then we also decided to give him unwrapped candy. 
which well, went over like a lead balloon. It did. It did not go over well. Weird. And, In hindsight, it was very awkward. And we'll revisit that once Finn Balor. Uh, Next once time his, we're going to bring him Legos. Once his podcast appearance airs, we'll certainly revisit that at length. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he was a lot of fun. Great, uh, great story. Great career. Yeah, definitely. All about building character and going through the experience. Yeah, and figuring out when is the right time. Finn Balor is one of these guys that, like, He's he's probably, you could argue, building towards being the face of NXT. And that's never a guarantee. And the fact that he had as much success as he had in Japan, it's a big thing to let go and to jump over and to join NXT and to kind of be unsure of everything. But obviously, I think it's paying off. Paying off, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Bailey? Love Bailey. How could you not like Bailey? I mean, she's just a likable person. Totally likable. And she's great in the ring. Very I think it's funny. You came to me once and you were like, you know, I think if I was a wrestler, I'd be like Bailey. I was like, yeah, that's what every woman is supposed to think. She's an every woman. You're supposed She's to. She's always happy. I love it. Yeah, she Man, is. I got to get some ab tips from her. Maybe our next. Uh... Yeah, she She's does have great side abs. Diesel abs. Yeah. 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 She's amazing. Amazing. Who else? I don't know. I mean, the whole show, both shows were awesome. It was great. It was great to see it live and, uh. And we recommend that uh, you go and see it live whenever you can. Um, what else were we going to talk about this week? What do you think of uh, Lana departing from oh, Rusev? You know, I've been a huge Lana fan. Yeah. Ever since we ran into her at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. That's where I got hot. You know, what I was like, how do I handle this Right, you are embarrassed. We saw her at a rest stop, a yeah. truck rest stop with Rusev. With Rusev. And I was like, Sam. Like, tell me how to play this out. Like, you know, be, be a friend here. Mm-hmm. How does this go down? Like, do I use cash in one of my Starbucks rewards? Because I right. have a few rewards on my, on my app. I love how many times you've told the uh, Lana Rusev Starbucks story. Sorry, it's really important to me. I know, because it's made such an impact on your life. It has. <laughs> if, it, if, if the time was right, I would have bought her a mini Frappuccino. I know. and you still cookie straw. To this, so suck it, Roberts. To this day, you think about what could have been. I, what would right. our relationship be if I had bought her that cookie straw? Maybe she'd follow me on Twitter. What do you think of her uh, going babyface, leaving Rusev? I think it was overdue. Yeah. Yeah. I feel. I feel. I kind of feel like we 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 always talked about like what we what would happen if she wasn't with Rusev anymore. I mean, I think it's all good for her. I'm a little worried about what happens with Rusev. Because there's nowhere to go with it. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have Dolph Ziggler beat him. Maybe now he's from Italy. And just be Santino. <laughs> yeah. Just be a big thick Santino. I don't know. I, I feel like Rusev has had such a strong run and has maintained it and everything, and now he's not undefeated. He's not going to have Lana. What do you do with Rusev? He doesn't have the U.S. title. I think Rusev's in a lot of trouble right now. A lot of trouble. We'll have to see on that one. Yeah, we will. Call. Well, listen, Katie. Yes. We're about fresh out of time. I'm glad you stopped by again. It's good talk. It's always good having you here. People, you can follow, and please... If you listen to this podcast and you don't follow Katie Linendahl, you're a horrible person. Follow Katie Linendahl on Twitter and Instagram at Katie Linendahl. Every tweet is like Christmas morning. Right. Let her know that you're listening to the podcast. Let her know. Like, she likes to hear that. Yeah. You know? I like you guys. So like her back. That's all she's asking. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You're so fragile. Right. Thank you. Chowski. For being a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast again. And you know where you can follow me. And uh, the Kevin Steen video will be up soon. I mean, Kevin Owens video. Do you want to quit? We'll be up soon. You want to quit? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.